0: Gotta jump right in, do I huh?
1: Just jump right in. I usually gather all of my I usually gather all of my thoughts and the, feelings during the, we do
0: tea, or, uh, scene for scene the high school musical warm ups with Ashley Tisdale and her brother in the movie.
1: I heard ah. that that actor recently came out and everyone's like, Wow. You're kidding. No way. <laughs> Shocker. It's like when I mean, they announced but when they announced that uh spongebob was a gay character yeah like yeah we we're well, well aware crazy yeah <laughs> <laughs> like i didn't even i was six and didn't even know like anything like, yeah. yeah this is clearly <laughs> it's like the same thing as when uh someone
0: finally realizes that the uh the dwarves in the harry potter movies are like an allegory for the jewish people because they're greedy bank owning people Oh yeah! It's like when someone finally has that brain blast. You're like, "Yeah,
1: right." Where we, have you been? It's
0: been out for twenty years. Yeah, and they,
1: <laughs> in those books and movies, they also accentuate certain body features on the dwarves, which are stereotypical to those people. Yeah,
0: so it's not a good look. No, and we all know that she is just a a lover of all people. No it, controversy surrounding her at all.
1: No, for a woman who wrote an entire. <laughs> universe where there's magic and you know there's endless possibilities cannot (laughs) cannot grasp you know what maybe (laughs) there's (laughs) transgender people around (laughs) maybe
0: maybe i should be a little more open-minded to possibilities in real life
1: right that's where she draws the line i think
0: she just lives in her
1: fantasy i mean when you have that much money most millionaires and billionaires do (laughs) yeah
0: that is a fact Speaking of millionaires and billionaires, welcome to the Gems of History uh, podcast. I
1: thought you were going to go with speaking of living in our own fantasy.
0: <laughs> I knew mean, we do that too. <laughs> that one was more fun. Uh, welcome to the Gems of History podcast, everybody. We're doing a nice and loose episode this week.
1: Yes, a little loosey-goosey. We are doing a news story episode, which yeah. I know you guys like uh, for us to mix in from time to time and also helps us when we are... Just the busiest people.
0: We had like a whole two-part series that we're like, yeah, we could totally get that done. Evan was in Vegas all week for work, yeah, and I didn't have time. I just honestly didn't have the mental capability to do more notes after doing that two-parter. So I was like, let's just do news stories. It seems a lot easier. Yeah,
1: yeah. I hope y'all understand. I mean, we do have regular jobs and lives outside of history. Yes, but we absolutely love doing this, and we'll be back again next week with a full regular. You know, regular scheduled programming. Yeah. Definitely. But uh, this week, I do love doing these because do you always forget how preposterous our world is. Yeah. For, uh,
0: for those of you that haven't listened to one of these before, basically, we just find some current events news that we like to talk about. Usually, they are some of the more wacky news stories that are happening currently, but we think those are the most fun because it's fun to riff on those and talk about how stupid people
1: are. <laughs> it, is. it is. It is very fun.
0: But yeah, uh, if you're new here, this isn't the normal format, so if you want to hear more of what we normally will do around here, you can go back and listen to the two-part series we just did. It's a good example of kind of the, the research that we
1: do usually, but
0: yeah, a little loosey-goosey around here, and we're recording on a Friday, so it's Whoa. drinks, Whoa. we got everything.
1: Some would say the perfect storm.
0: Yeah, we should have done trivia, that would have been real the real throwback. I mean, I guess we could, I guess we could, but, but no, no, <laughs> no. <laughs> it's, sit here and find a trivia question for five minutes. Right. Yeah. And uh, then try to, Oh God,
1: I remember always trying to come up with like ABC and D
0: <laughs> trying to make it. So it's not completely obvious. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Just so hard. Like crap. I'm with people that also know history. They clearly know that Napoleon didn't start like the war of 1812. Or That's did. a terrible example. Or did he? Or did he maybe actually? <laughs> I don't think he did. <laughs> yeah. Um,
0: I want to start this off by going straight into alien stuff, because we haven't talked about aliens in a while, and there's kind of been a lot going on in current events with aliens. If you haven't been on any social media the past like four days, probably, I guess the past week by the time this comes out, there was a big revelation at a Mexican UAP hearing where a, a man who claims to be a ufologist... He he said he found some bodies down down in Peru, I believe it was, and he's had pictures of said Mm -hmm. bodies and a lot of claims about where these bodies came from. He said that one of them had eggs (laughs) in its stomach, Mm -hmm. Uh, and he said like, oh yeah, typical three-fingered anatomy, big heads, small bodies. It's almost to a T what we envision as a a gray alien or, like, an alien in general.
1: Yeah, it fits the pop culture norm of an alien truly, truly to a T. It looks like it has a huge head, small body, huge eyes, and just looks like like a, almost a worm-type, like, shriveled up, crinkled, or, excuse me, shriveled up, like, crinkled mess.
0: Yeah. So the man that presented this evidence, quote-unquote evidence, to the hearing was a man named... Spacey McGee. (laughs) Jamie Masson. Oh. And he is apparently a UFO scientist, a writer, and a TV host. And he testified under oath that the two shriveled gray bodies with three fingers on each hand are, quote, non-human beings that are not part of our terrestrial evolution, end quote. But everyone pretty immediately said, you are full of
1: shit. (laughs) Right, like, all right, yeah, right. And also, we have the cartel to deal with, so we're a little busy, my friend.
0: So, one of Mexico's top astrobiologists named Antigona Antigona, Segura, he said, quote, these conclusions are simply not backed up by evidence. The whole thing is very shameful, end quote.
1: Yeah, it's hard to make that claim in Congress when there is no evidence. Exactly. It does remind me of the... Uh, the military member, I forget his rank that recently went into in front of our Congress. Oh, and the said, major. Yeah. The major. Thank you.
0: Yeah. So da- uh, David Grush, he's a, a former major and intelligence officer for the air force.
1: But basically every time that the Senate asked him or the board, whatever you want to call it, people investigating asked him to like expand, he would say, Oh, we have to go into a secluded room <laughs> and like but talk yeah. about it. Our... So you always have to take away like a little grain of salt. i kinda of believe him more. I do too. Than um this person who happened to have <laughs> perfectly stored and yeah. kept up bodies.
0: Well and for a little more doubt to be cast on this suspicious character. In 2015, Masan similarly revealed a body that he claimed to belong to an alien, but it was later shown to be the remains of a human child. Oh. And two years later, he participated in a video project claiming that specimens uncovered in Nazca, Peru, with more elongated skulls and three fingers on each hand were evidences of aliens. But archaeologists said that those might have been bodies of an ind- indigenous Peruvians who were mutilated to look like extraterrestrials. <laughs> So, this guy has kind of a track record of being a hoaxer and a a bullshit artist the
1: the man who cried alien.
0: yeah. so that kind of it and it sucks, too, because there was like legitimate, cool footage of UAPs and stuff at this conference that was mm-hmm. shown, and Ryan Graves, who's one of the biggest. I don't know if you want to call him a whistleblower, but one of the biggest proponents right now in the U.S. for UAP disclosure. He was a former Navy pilot and came out in 2019, 2020, I want to say, with his whole side of the story. He was there and he said, like, this guy, I didn't know he was going to be there. I Mm -hmm. I don't think anyone really knew what this guy was there for until he came and presented his evidence. And he made a statement on uh, Twitter, or X, I guess, saying... Quote, unfortunately, yesterday's demonstration was a huge step backwards for the issue. I will continue to raise awareness of UAP as an urgent matter of aerospace safety, national security, and science, but I am deeply disappointed by this unsubstantiated stunt.
1: How did he, like the person that presented the fake bodies, because I shouldn't say fake, the person that this all came about, how do you even get time and... I in front of them if they didn't know he was going to do this.
0: I mean he is like they do credit him as being a UFO scientist in this oh, article. Sure. So I I could see him just being theirs maybe an invite and then they didn't have any idea that he was gonna present this kind of evidence. But in any case it kind of was a huge laughing point for the public at least when yeah. they saw this and it got
1: memed immediately. Oh, yeah. Immediate, immediate uh, comparisons to SpongeBob, the what are they selling lady? Yeah, ex- immediate.
0: Exactly. Um, and there's, there was a, a hearing in America like three months ago, I want to say, in like June, maybe end of May. And it was kind of a big step because that was when David Grush presented all of his evidence. Mm-hmm. David Fravor, who's another big ufologist and big proponent who was in the military in like the early 2000s. And then uh, Ryan Graves also, they presented their evidence in front of a Congress hearing and the Congress hearing went fairly well overall mm-hmm. if you're on the side of disclosure because both sides kind of said, like Republican and Democrats both said, we need to dig into this because you're saying that they're hiding stuff from us yeah. as Congress, right. which is kind of a big deal. And so people were hoping that that was a very good step in the right direction and that we kind of get a council appointed to... Do actual subpoenas and get really into the actual legalities of what's been hidden. And I guess Speaker McCarthy shut that down like in either today or yesterday. And uh, United States Representative Anna Paulina Luna went on Twitter and said that the whole thing was kind of nixed, but they're going to have another Senate or uh, another committee hearing. So we're not really getting any steps forward. We're kind of just stationary where we are and i was reading a lot of comments on what that all means and a lot of people are frustrated naturally yeah. but it's also kind of speaking towards why would they nix this and go above the law to do it because it's just one guy saying no why would they do that unless they have something to hide you know right
1: like why go through all of that if it's not You know, something that's like truly worth it.
0: Exactly. Especially because David Grush, one of his biggest points was that he had high level clearance when he was in the military because he was an intelligence officer and a major. But he said that there was a crash retrieval, like a UAP crash retrieval program that he wasn't able to get any information on. And that's where the whole non-human biologics thing was kind of coming from. Right. Saying that we have retrieved crash objects and recrash retrieved crash bodies so that was kind of the big sticking point that they were trying to get through and the pentagon has denied it and now we're kind of at a stalemate so it's as i said it's frustrating if you want disclosure but
1: this really is how a majority of these stories go every time there's a big break it's oh my god what's happening this is so cool can we get more information and then immediately kind of goes in the opposite direction yeah so it really is one step forward two steps back
0: but if you haven't heard anything about like what ryan graves he's one of my favorite guys right now in ufology because he's really down to earth and he's actually seen this stuff himself according to what he's been telling us uh he here i'll read from an article from pbs about ryan graves quote the second witness, Ryan Graves, was an F-18 pilot for over a decade. While stationed at Virginia Beach in 2014, he says UAP sightings were so frequent among his crew that they became part of daily briefs. He recounted a situation in which two jets had to take evasive action as they encountered a UAP. The description was striking. A dark gray cube inside a clear sphere, quite different from the classic flying saucer. So, at the end of that quote. They were seeing these things almost daily from what he was saying. I Mm -hmm. listened to his interview with Joe Rogan, which however you feel about Joe Rogan, it was, I was there for Ryan Graves and the way he talks about it, like he said they went into a boat or went back onto the boat after one of these sightings and showed a video to their, whoever was the highest officer at the time. Mm -hmm. And he, they said he walked into the room, went. And then just left. So <laughs> No other thoughts. He went through a lot, that day. Eh? Yeah. <laughs> right. So either that's him saying like, oh, more of this nonsense. Why do I need to be here when I have important things to do? Right. Or it's him saying, we've seen this stuff so many times that this is nothing new to me anymore. So uh, it really oh, yeah. depends on which way you want to take his reaction. It, it could be nothing. But at the same time, it could be like, you're kind of verifying that this isn't a like new phenomenon that we're dealing with.
1: Right. Not reacting and... In- in overly explicit way does give it a lot more credence than being like, holy cow, what was that? We need a burp, burp, brr.
0: Yeah. So I I wanted to talk about this because I think it is really interesting, but me and a buddy of mine are kind of following the alien stuff kinda of closely. And it's just we talk about how frustrating it is every single day because you have guys like uh this dude who testified in front of the Mexican hearing and it just takes everything backwards
1: right it it really does put a big spot on all the other work that may be legit from actual intelligence officers yeah they immediately get lumped into oh we found a body oh it's actually most likely a dead child or a indian cart or excuse me a native american um or indigenous people's carcass that's been mutilated yeah like
0: and I think that's that- That's not good. I think that they, scientists were like, these are papier-mâché. Like, these aren't even- Oh, yeah. I'm pretty sure that's what they said. They, they did carbon date them to a thousand years ago, but they're like, we don't know. We don't, they're not human, we don't think. And I, I didn't get a chance to really dive into what the x-rays and stuff like that showed. But yeah, pretty much everyone has agreed that this is- How funny would it be
1: if it's just a piñata? <laughs> right? Like a papier-mâché piñata.
0: <laughs> so, I don't know. I- I hope that we can continue getting steps in the right direction in positions of power with this. There was another senator that spoke out when the, that committee got nixed, like mm-hmm. the subpoenas and stuff. He said that we're going to have another hearing soon, like a public Senate hearing about this, like get Grush back in, talk about it again. And he said, I'm not going to show you any paper mache bodies. I want to ask legitimate questions to Congress to try and figure out. Why they're hiding stuff and what they're hiding.
1: I think a lot of Congress, too, I mean, we talk about all the time, they're just old. So yeah. they have like the old mindset of these are whack jobs, these are people looking for attention, which in some cases, like this situation in Mexico, very well can be. But I think with a more, or excuse me, a newer generation of people in power who kind of have, let's say, our mindsets, we're more open minded, more, there's more things to life in our universe. The potential of aliens is just more prevalent, I think, in younger people than, you know, a 70-year-old yeah. who's like, I just want to retire. <laughs> and you, I stopped I shouldn't joke about that, but yeah.
0: yeah, I I get why they would want to hide it just because I mean it would kind of blow the lid on a lot of stuff right. at the same time. But yeah, it's just it's upsetting trying to get anything out of them and then constantly being like people were saying in comments on the, the post about the hearing, they're like, or a post about them denying the next committee, basically saying, how does this one person get to go above the law Yeah, just to stop this? Right. Like, there's got to be something there. But who? what is it? Right. That's the thing. It could just be that we have technologies that we're working on behind the scenes that we don't want anyone to know about. Mm-hmm. And they, they don't want to have to talk in a testify. Or, under oath. Yeah, under oath about that kind of thing. Yeah. I don't know, man. It's frustrating being being an amateur ufologist. <laughs> I know.
1: Uh, right? It's hard out there for for ufologists. But you're yeah. always going to be called a quack. Yeah. And be like, have you gone on coast to coast? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and But it is cool to see that it's getting
0: taken more seriously. And like the fact that the U.S. passed the Whistleblower Act, which right. provides protection under oath for people that want to come out and talk about this, like David Grush. And it's also cool that there's more... Pilots in commercial airlines that are coming out and talking about it, saying that they've seen stuff too. And according to Ryan Graves, about only 5% of people will report what they've seen. So people will talk about it, but they won't file official reports on it just because they don't want to be labeled a quack.
1: With the Whistleblower Act, didn't they still, they meaning like the media, didn't they still try to get David Crush?
0: Yeah, they tried to take away his clearances. He
1: allegedly... Like try to get a like solicit a prostitute.
0: I don't know. I read a little bit about this. Apparently, he had issues with substance abuse and stuff like that. And so they tried to get his clearances revoked. But they said he was of sane mind and body, or sound mind and body, so that he he's kept his clearances and stuff. So he's not a lunatic or anything, right? So he's he's got credentials, but I guess. Yeah, we'll see where that goes. I just right. wanted to talk about that a little bit because it's it's kind of been on the forefront of the news, and it's it's making its way st- like step by step, trying to get there. So I'd say we're at a shuffle right now. Right, we're not
1: at full steps. No, we're we're in a three point stance, ready to go or fall backwards.
0: We were at a crawl for the longest time, yeah. but we're finally standing and we're shuffling. Exactly. <laughs> Hopefully, we can get to a full sprint soon, but totally. we'll see.
1: Totally. But I have a news headline for you, unless you want to jump right into another alien story. No,
0: no, that's, that was kind of the alien coverage on my end. Uh, gotcha. But listeners, let us know what you guys think about all this mm-hmm. stuff, because I I'm, I know my personal belief on it, because I'm into this stuff, but I don't really know how people in general feel about this. I don't know.
1: That would be you're a very in, interesting poll to run.
0: Yeah, because I know you're not as into it as I am, but I don't know how like the general population, if they even care about it, like, right. if anyone's even been following it other than the memes that come out about it and then that's just a quick google search and then you're mm-hmm. like oh it's just a fake alien body again so yeah
1: i'd be lying if i said i was super invested in it like my love of space comes in like there's a planet that rains like liquid metal it's my favorite place like that's, <laughs> that's, so that's cool. that's cool to me uh even like recently this is one of my stories but like the james webb telescope picked up Im- images of stars forming i saw that yeah like that's so cool and they look like a question mark which is very funny it's crazy it's like we have answers or do we and the stars (laughs) literally make that almost gives a credence like someone out there is just messing with us Whether it be like a higher being or (laughs) good one god god just is a meme master
0: right but that's another reinforcement as to why i believe there's got to be something out there it's just like we are still finding evidence of new places being formed now and right. the universe is so much bigger than just like our universe is just one in a multitude of galaxies so yeah there's no That's way weird. to comprehend it it's crazy yeah. so all right evan what do you got for us Are we so, going straight to that james webb story or a different one
1: here's a we can't go the james webb story actually so the james webb telescope recently captured stunning new images and i should give a quick pause this is from npr.org uh, captured stunning new images of what scientists call a pair of actively forming stars. I'm going to sidestep
0: this just for a second. Can you imagine if we approached NPR to be on their show? Do you think that would be like, you guys have way too much energy to be on our show. Right.
1: You speak with <laughs> too Hello. much inflection. Welcome to the
0: Gems of History podcast. Today, we'll be talking
1: about aliens. Not to be dramatic, but I would jump into one of these stars if that's how we had to do this show. <laughs> Can you imagine? Maybe we should do an entire
0: episode like that and just see the reaction.
1: If we gained listeners, just, <laughs> that's the one time I'd be mad at like improved success Yeah, right. show. Exactly. The photo, which is actually a composite of a half dozen infrared images, went viral on social media sites after the European Space Agency shared it late last month, prompting the ESA, the European Space Agency, to clarify weeks later that it's not a hoax. And I highly encourage you to look up this image. Just probably type in re- or question mark James Webb Telescope and you can see it. The photo shows a tightly bound pair of young stars known as Urbig Arrow 46-47 Sick name. That's
0: such a wild picture,
1: dude. Yeah. And it's surrounded by a disk of gas and dust and dotted by distant galaxies and stars in the background. Absolutely insane. The fact that this is a real
0: photo is nuts.
1: That this is just in our, like, it's as real as we are. And
0: how did, like, the fact that we as human beings were able to create a technology that could see this and photograph it like this?
1: I do have to give props to the people who did this. They're real smart. We're not smart. (laughs) No, no, no snot. No smart. (laughs) No smart, Jende. The European Space Agency says that the star is important to study because it's only a few thousand years old. And since stars take millions of years to form, its young age offers researchers a chance to observe how stars gather mass over time. And we can even potentially model the formation of our sun based on the information that we get. Even so, scientists acknowledge it's not the only notable formation in the photo. (laughs) Apologies, I'm going to butcher this name. That's all right. Macarena (laughs) Garcia Marin, who is a uh, scientist on the James Webb Project, told NPR in an email that the question mark is a great example of how with the telescope, no matter what you're looking at, you can have surprises in the background. And she has at least one theory for why it's resonating so much with people. Quote, I think we all enjoy finding familiar shapes in the sky, meaning the question mark that they found in the photo. That that creates a deep connection between our human experience and language, in this case a question mark, and the beauty of the universe surrounding us. I think this exemplifies the human need for exploration and wonder, and to me, it brings the question of how many other interesting objects are out there waiting to be explored with the James Webb Telescope.
0: I think that's a good point. I mean, humans in general like to seek familiarity, and I think that's another reason why the UFO and your UAP and alien stuff kind of strikes a nerve with some people mm-hmm. is because that introduces an element of chaos into life, and people don't like that. They like a very steady a very familiar line of thinking and reasoning (laughs) so yeah
1: it i mean to put it bluntly it challenges every single thought that humans have ever had about life like whether it's religion whether it's we are the smartest beings in the galaxy like all of life revolves around us it just makes you feel small and for lack of a better word, like a little dumb.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. And it, then it makes the question bigger of why? what do they want? Like, do they want anything from us? Do so they right. even know we're here?
1: Do we need to scramble the jets? Yeah,
0: exactly. Are we going to be able to do anything about it? Yeah. So, yeah. But I think that's a, a very a very good point that we need to start studying these things way out there if we can because we can learn a lot of things that aren't in our universe. Especially since I just... So I don't know if you heard that there's a big like solar storm on the sun that's kind of been affecting stuff lately, like oh. it knocked out power in, I want to say a part of America for a little bit, but I just Googled, just the sun getting mad? And <laughs> <laughs> the top video is the sun is getting angry. You should really worry about solar storms. So <laughs> I mean, that, we could learn a thing or two about how to deal with that maybe if we learn something from these other galaxies.
1: There are few things. That I'd rather have mad at me than the sun. Then the
0: sun. Yeah.
1: <laughs> and some other just notes about the picture. Uh, Kay Noeski, who is a program officer with the European Space Agency, says that it actually looks meaning the question mark. It actually looks like a group or a chance alignment of two or three galaxies. The upper part of the question mark looks like a distorted spiral galaxy, maybe merging with a second galaxy. So some of the theories here is that we actually have a situation. Where entire galaxies are merging, which I don't know how they can make that distinction. I'm not a scientist, but that's pretty sweet.
0: Any of you out there that listen are astrophysicists or anything of that sort that know a lot more about this than us, let us know what all this means, because
1: we are not. We are not. We'll never claim to be, but it's all that we can say is. Ooh, really cool ah. that's really cool that's what we need i still i think
0: i've mentioned it on here before but i listened to an interview with an astrophysicist who works in australia on images like this and the i just think it's interesting the way that they figure out how to color them is like because they just look at what how much light's filtering through certain aspects of it and then that's what elements there are and then they tint it to that element which is insane to me i I've, I love that fact. The more you know.
1: The more you know. We're not alone. Neil deGrasse Tyson, if you're listening, come on the pod.
0: That'd be cool. Uh, also, with the UFO stuff, something I forgot to mention. NASA, on this past Thursday, September 14th, named a new director of research into the UAPs. Oh. So NASA's actually taking this seriously. They haven't named who it is. They've kept him anonymous. But, yeah, they said that they've appointed a new research chief. So... That, that could be cool. cool. NASA's doing things again. You will have also,
1: to keep him anonymous because you know his Twitter's just gonna get Oh yeah. Him or right, excuse me. Him or her. Them. Them, thank
0: <laughs> yeah, you. Yeah, so I that could be cool. But we'll see, I guess. That's pretty much the entire thing with <laughs> is, we'll see.
1: Space.
0: <laughs> also, we're just about to send some people to the moon again, I guess. We're I just running it back. We're yeah, just I running up the score. They wanna like actually establish like a base to stay there, I think is the goal for this. So, all right, we're gonna mine the moon for resources.
1: Uh, we're gonna go on the dark side of the moon and discover the transformers.
0: The, uh, India just landed a rover on the dark side of the moon for the first that. time. That's I cool.
1: Hope it has a flashlight. And
0: everyone's like, You're looking for minerals, aren't you?
1: <laughs> yeah, you're doing all little something because that's something. what we're gonna do.
0: Yeah, so yeah, I'll all see right,
1: you. India, catch these space war hands. It's another
0: fight for the moon. Yep. Ah, okay, Evan, we're going to come back to Earth for this one. This is a story from The Guardian. Portuguese town flooded by a river of, quote, good quality red wine. Oh. Have you seen the
1: video of this? No, but it's very fun. If I'm you going to look it
0: want to look up this video, it's literally a, a bend in a street that is literally a river of red wine. So, the, the story goes, alcohol flowed freely in the Portuguese town of Levera, Levera, Levera? Over the weekend, after two vats holding about 2.2 million liters of wine at a local distillery burst and flooded the streets. Oh my God. I think that's around 600,000 gallons of wine.
1: This is so much wine. <laughs>
0: it's pretty crazy.
1: This is so fun. I would just be on the, like, the street, like argh, yeah. <laughs> laying down prone.
0: Images and videos posted online showed red wine, almost enough to fill an Olympic-sized swimming pool, gushed down the streets of Lavira Lever- in in Anadia. Anadia? central portugal i should have tried to pronounce these before uh there's a quote from i don't know who this person is but there's a quote saying we deeply regret the incident that occurred this morning we want to express our sincere concern for the damage caused in general and I think, oh, it's the distillery that makes the wine. Uh. That's who said that. But yeah, they, they took responsibility for all the damages and stuff like that. Uh, it said it didn't really, it didn't injure anybody. I think it just flooded one cellar and then the firefighters came and helped clean it up and stuff like that. But yeah, they said they're going to have to deal with all the damages and stuff like that. Apparently, one tank collapsed because of a quote unquote structural failure and the force of the torrent of wine knocked over the second vat.
1: Oh man, so like it's a real domino effect here, yeah,
0: but apparently this is because they have like an emergency program for storing wine hmm. because wine consumption has been down by like thirty percent in Portugal, and there other areas of Europe have had double digit drops in consumption too. I don't know why, but
1: I'll maybe it's be- just like the there is a huge trend to just be healthier, now. true, that could be it yeah. so like n a drinks are becoming more and more popular like. There's a bunch of other options now as opposed to drinking. Maybe they just realized that you don't have to you don't have to drink. You can drink water now.
0: And then Wisconsin's like, "No. We will
1: stand our ground against the upcoming storm of soberness."
0: <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I I don't know. I didn't really read into why they had, there's a drop in consumption of wine, but if you have a chance, look up the video of this because it is wild.
1: What is your dream Alcohol drink whatever to flood the streets to
0: flood the street oh boy
1: where it's like and it's not contaminated or anything it's oh this is free
0: see I my immediate reaction was to say whiskey but then I thought about that (laughs) just getting like (laughs) a torrent of whiskey gushed into my mouth and that would suck I guess I'd probably say like some sort of seltzer or maybe like a twisted tea
1: or something Mm. like that I feel like that might be good. 2.2 2.2 2 million liters of twisted tea. I could say that, that would make a town weird. smell good. That would be I can't imagine the stickiness post. <laughs> yeah, I know like any of this. But I I guess all oh, the bees that probably come the bees, after bees, the
0: bees. Not the bees.
1: <laughs> Nicholas Cage is just there. <laughs> <laughs> Nicholas Cage caused this.
0: <laughs> so the biggest concerns right now are that this contaminated groundwater supplies farms and st- and stuff like that and that animals are just getting hammered off of this so oh yeah. that could be fun but i don't know i it's not a big disaster it's just a, a small time one that got cleaned up pretty easily
1: right if you think about the worst things i could happen, probably like mudslide yeah volcanic eruption wine spilling isn't terrible I,
0: it's not like the aftermaths of nagasaki and hiroshima or anything like that
1: Nope. It's just wine. <laughs> it's just wine. It's going to be a little sticky. <laughs> or just Chernobyl. The yeah. Yeah, right. So, Can you imagine if Chernobyl was just a wine? Ju- just wine. <laughs> just wine vats. <laughs> It'd be vodka since it's in Russia, but Ooh, yeah. that would be wild. So, Jacob. Yes. Do you want to know something kind of gross?
0: I mean, yeah, obviously.
1: Jana Clinton was sitting on her back porch watching her son Charlie. Relation to
0: Bill and Hillary?
1: nope (laughs) i don't think so these are uh what i assume are backwoods folks to put it lightly so
0: she did not have sex with that woman
1: she did not have sex (laughs) that's crazy that bill clinton just on record said like oral sex is
0: not sex yeah right exactly he's kind of been in the news again because there's like a new jfk conspiracy Mm -hmm. coming out again like one of the one of the guys that was on the running boards of jfk's limo when he got shot came out and wrote a book about it So now there's a whole new conspiracy.
1: (laughs) Are we blaming Clinton?
0: No, I don't remember how he's tied into it, but I just remember his name mentioned when I heard something about it. So we're
1: blaming Hillary. (laughs) Somehow she just keeps catching lefts and rights, like just straight shots. She was in the grassy knoll. Yeah. Oh my God. With her power suit. But Charlie Clinton was fishing in a pond behind the family home in Oklahoma this past weekend when he started yelling for his mother, Jana. Quote, he was screaming, oh my god, mom, oh my god, Clinton told NPR. I thought he was just being dramatic, to be honest. Then she got a close look at Charlie's alarmingly weird fish. Ooh! Obviously, being in a neighborhood pond, we're used to just catching a few bass or catfish. I mean, nothing with human-like teeth. (laughs) What?
0: All right, I got to look this up (laughs)
1: now. It turned out, yeah, this is on NPR.org. It turned out that Charlie had landed a Paku, a fish that's a cousin of a piranha.
0: I've heard of Paku fish before. I've never seen one, though.
1: And their outsized teeth have long strokes. Yeah. That's disgusting. Yeah, so the Paku is a native of South America. And keep in mind, this is happening in Oklahoma. But this one was swimming in a small pond in the Clinton suburb north of Oklahoma City. So this Paku was then released back into the water after the Clintons posted a unusual fish in their neighborhood Facebook page, <laughs> but they got in touch with the game warden as well and learned of the fish's like, or origin. If yeah. you will. People who later recognized the fish said it was invasive and shouldn't be released. Adding Jana, adding we made a mistake there. And since then, Charlie, who's an 11-year-old boy that caught it, has been stalking the fish, trying to get it again. (laughs) He allegedly was staying at the pond late, trying to catch it, and rising early in order to try to catch it.
0: At least this kid's got goals.
1: And if Charlie succeeds, a neighbor in Oklahoma has offered to eat the fish. But Janaklin has other ideas. Quote, if he catches it again, we're going to get it mounted for him. I think that's a heck of a prize and he deserves it. I told him we'd make it look like the fish was smiling so you could see its teeth.
0: I just looked up if you can eat paku fish, because that was my first question when the guy said he wanted to eat it. And apparently they're delicious. So, people serve them in South America all the time.
1: That's crazy to catch a fish with human teeth. Yeah,
0: it's disgusting looking. Like, I, I don't would, like it at all.
1: Those are, those legit are formed just like human teeth.
0: Yeah, it's kind of disgusting
1: <laughs> that's very funny that's a piranha just with like not sharp teeth <laughs> with the human
0: teeth yeah i was that is so gross i've been starting to listen to a podcast called tooth and claw a little plug for them i guess there you go uh but they talk about animal attacks all the, uh, that's like the whole thing about their show and they did a piranha episode that i listened to and apparently piranhas like aren't that scary for humans really i mean if you, of... if you feed them then they'll come and attack right but, most of the time, the only reason people get attacked is because piranhas lay their eggs in very mm. murky and, like, very. There's when there's a lot of vegetation. And so, if a human gets too close to where the eggs are laid, then the piranha gets defensive.
1: Then um, they'll come at you. Yeah, yeah. So,
0: like, they'll bite your toe or something. And they can bite your toe clean off in one bite. So, that's kind of terrifying. Yeah. But they don't kill people, really.
1: So, it's not to the extreme of the movie piranha. No. Hmm less frightening. Yeah, exactly. Well, still terrifying. But. I
0: mean, Jerry Wade, the big river monster guy, he put himself into a tank with a bunch of piranhas and he was fine. So the,
1: that's, just, <laughs> that's just tempting fate, man. Like, it's like, no, I need to show the people why it's not scary. This is the time. I camera. find all these wild animals and I'm going to get in a tank with a bunch of man-eating <laughs> fish. <laughs> it's like the guy that uh, he goes around the world and gets bitten by like the strongest biting Oh, coyote things
0: something or other sure coyote peterson i think yeah yeah yeah.
1: like he's been bitten by like
0: all the snakes gets stung by the he got stung by the death wasp or whatever i think why (laughs) i guess for views content content
1: i'm glad that we chose our vein or our channel yeah instead of (laughs) instead of getting stung by giant animals let's uh get bit by fire ants
0: speaking of giant fish though
1: oh what one real quick thing okay the paku its nickname is The Ball Cutter.
0: <laughs> oh, wait. Yeah, I did know because that.
1: Because it does have a habit of attacking men's testicles.
0: Yeah, I've heard about this, and I don't think they know why. I don't think there's a reason.
1: I think just because, I mean, they're dangling. so it's if soft like Soft and fleshy. Yeah, if you're skinny dipping, best be careful. That is weird. The paku might take care of yahoos.
0: Let's see if Google has answers. Why paku eat testicle?
1: I really hope there's no images.
0: Um... Uh, Lars Sko Olsen, curator of Copenhagen's Blue Planet Aquarium, said that the Paku's predilection for private parts is overblown and probably not even true. I think it's just a rumor, Olsen said. There's no need for swimmers to worry at all. All right, so I guess they're not really ball biters, according to this guy. That's from National
1: Geographic, so I think I trust them. I'm very happy that they're not ball biters. Especially with those human teeth. I know, that would be the worst. Uh, but uh, yeah, speaking
0: of big fish, Evan, there is... Have you heard about this? Have you heard about this uh, Australian golf club that offered its members an unexpected attraction because they have bull sharks in their water on the course? So you can't get your ball <laughs> if you want to? <laughs> yeah, I guess not. I guess in 1996, floods carried a group of six juvenile bull sharks from bordering rivers into a lake at the Carbrook Golf Club near Brisbane, Australia. But... Bull sharks are fascinating to me because they can survive in freshwater, so they're fine. (laughs) They've just been living in there.
1: They're like, whatever, this is just home now.
0: Yeah, they they live in the lake, they field stray golf balls and survive off of fish and sometimes treats from club employees for 17 years now.
1: And they're still kicking.
0: They're still there. I I guess this is probably an old article, so it's probably longer than that now. I guess
1: the... I guess like the... How do they even survive? What do they feed off of? I
0: I don't know. I guess just the fish in the pond. Good for them. So bull sharks have, fun fact, they have the highest testosterone levels out of any animal in the animal kingdom. So they're super
1: aggressive. So they're just roided up. Yeah, you do not want to come up with a bull shark.
0: So yeah, and they can get pretty big too. So there are instances of bull sharks attacking people.
1: Can you imagine teeing off and you just see like an episode of Jaws, like one of them just coming up and snatching a bird? Snatching the ball. Yeah, I don't think I try and get my fall back out of that one. I'd probably leave it alone. Yeah, yeah, probably. This does make me want to golf there very bad.
0: I know. Same. But yeah, I, would I that's like the one thing that I remember from Shark Week distinctly, is that yeah. they have the highest testosterone out of any shark. That's why they're my favorite shark.
1: But sharks Ooh, are cool. Do you have a power ranking of your favorite sharks?
0: Top five sharks, probably bull shark, great mm. white. Hmm... Tiger Shark. Tiger Shark is strong. Tiger Shark's a good one. Um, There's one called the Basking Shark. Mm. They're cool just because they have these huge mouths and they look really funny. So they're probably on there. And then I think
1: I just got to go Hammerhead. I think Hammerhead is my favorite just because of how goofy it looks. They look so weird. Yeah, it looks like it's constantly like, hi guys. (laughs) That is the voice
0: I associate with them.
1: What are y'all doing?
0: And then all of the other sharks like distance themselves. yeah <laughs> oh
1: don't mind bully over there he's um he's part of the family but he's like that estranged cousin he doesn't
0: come out of his room much
1: no he loves league of legends
0: he's trying to go pro i don't think it's gonna happen yeah. <laughs> what are your top five shark seven if you had to off the cuff
1: hammerhead number one hammerhead number one great white Gotta be up there, megalodon. Good one. Just in case it's not, you know, one hundred percent. Just in
0: case it holds a grudge for not saying it. Yeah,
1: <sighs> do not want to run to a megalodon. Also, paku versus megalodon. Who wins? <laughs> the ball cutter the versus megalodon. Imagine a, a megalodon-sized paku. Those teeth. <laughs> that would seem be just giant human teeth. No, thank you. And then tiger shark, and um, I actually can't think of a fifth shark right there's now. so many sharks
0: um uh, i'm i just looked up is there a chance that the megalodon is real and megalodon apparently was real like three and a half million years ago um it was not only the biggest shark in the world but one of the biggest fish to ever exist and i don't doubt that
1: can you imagine being a human <laughs> like that gets transported That many years ago, when everything was huge, Huge. (laughs) like for whatever reason, the climate was a lot better. Yeah. So things just grew and lived longer. Just there's no like everything's a jungle, everything's like vegetation or whatever. There's no cleared out path. So I almost think, not comparing 3.5 million years ago to this, but when settlers first came to America. Yeah. And there was nothing cut down. It was just like constant noises. Imagine that, but it's like a T-Rex or well, I've a pterodactyl.
0: Been, I've been doing reading on that series that we were going to do about kind of the American exploration. And yeah. the people in America just thought that the Western part of America was just this treacherous Impassable wasteland jungle area, and they thought they were going to all die if they went that way. And now we just have one of the nicest areas in the country on that coast.
1: Now we have highways.
0: <laughs> <laughs> exactly. But I, I found a when I search, is Megalodon real? There's a website called fossilguy.com, and just the preview it says Megalodon is not alive today. Oh, all caps.
1: <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. Thanks for
0: verifying. I think we're, we were scared.
1: I wonder what the ocean was like back in the day.
0: I've, it was completely different. Do you know that the there were sharks that are fish? older than trees?
1: Fun fact. Look it up. I guess it would make sense if, like, it was predominantly water, and yeah. then like it slowly like evaporated. I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, God created the seas beforehand. What maybe? day did he create sharks? And like that was the day that he balled out. I think that was that was the day he balled out. I don't know. I think like, school. <laughs> I feel like I'm
0: under pressure from Clarence Darrow right now. <laughs> yeah,
1: <laughs> but, but anyway, yeah, that's the that's the story of the Pacu.
0: Yeah, that's kind of all we got for you guys today. I think.
1: Oh, I do have a few more.
0: Oh, you do? Okay, sweet. Blame uh, on me. I only had the alien stuff and then oh, the uh, the wine one.
1: So here's another little tidbit, or excuse me, fun title. Coast Guard arrests a man trying to run a giant hamster wheel across the Atlantic. I saw
0: this. <laughs> it's not the first time he's done it either, I think.
1: Yeah, yeah. Uh, Reza Baluchi can't reach his destination without running afoul of the U.S. Coast Guard. <laughs> the problem is his vessel, which is a giant floating hamster wheel made of buoys and wire, <laughs> self-propelled by him running inside of it. So
0: I don't understand why this is an issue, though.
1: He's, he's not doing anything wrong. Does he need a boating license for a wheel? Maybe it's because he's a Florida man. That could be true. That's very funny if we need to get licenses to run wheels across <laughs> Wheel the across, way. Yeah. But Bellucci, who lives in Florida, after being granted asylum from Iran. Okay, you come on. Iran. Ran. Iran across the it's in, ocean. It's in his blood. Yeah, there's nothing he can do about it. But he was taken in by the Coast Guard last week, following several days of back and forth with the authorities. And according to a criminal complaint filed in U.S. District Court in South Florida, the Coast Guard Cutter Valiant came across Bellucci and his homemade vessel about 70 miles east of Tybee Island, Georgia, on August 26th. 70 miles? 70 miles. He was going. That's pretty impressive, to be quite frank. But the Coast Guard was preparing for Hurricane Franklin. Ah. He told officers his destination. London, England. Yep, which is more than four thousand miles away. Bellucci was asked for the vehicle's registration. That's so lame. <laughs> That's so lame. Are you There's kidding? There's a license plate on it. Imagine me, the Coast Guard officer, be like, license registration for your wheel. Like, okay. what if he pulled it out though? That would be. Funny. That'd be hilarious. It's just <laughs> scribbled on there with crayon. It's a paper that says I can do what I want. He said it was registered. Bellucci said that the wheel was registered in Florida, but couldn't find the registration because it's, again, a giant hamster wheel. You failed to mention that it's called the hydropod. I did. I did not know. that. That's, <laughs> That's very hilarious. Fun. That's very fun. But it was determined that he was conducting an unsafe voyage, according to the Coast Guard Special Agent Michael Perez. The officers then approached Belucci in a small boat and instructed him to join them. They were ending his voyage due to it being unsafe. Lucci replied that he had a 12-inch knife and would attempt to kill himself (laughs) if the officers attempted to remove him from his (laughs) vessel because the captain goes down with the ship. (laughs) That's hilarious. The officers returned to the cutter and stayed nearby. When the officers tried again over the next day or so to get... Over the next day or so. That means it's a full other day of him on this hands reel. They tried to get him to join them on the small boat. Belucci displayed two knives and threatened to hurt himself if officers boarded his vessel. He also threatened to blow himself up along with his vessel. All the right. officers saw him holding wires in his hand and believed him. The following day, a second Coast Guard cutter named Campbell arrived and sent a small boat to Belucci to deliver food, water, and word that a hurricane was expected. Bellucci refused again to leave his vessel and told the officer that the bomb wasn't real. On August 29th, Campbell once more sent a small boat and this time was able to safely remove Bellucci from his floating hamster wheel. Bellucci... (laughs) Come on. Bellucci was brought ashore in Miami Beach last Friday and was released on a $250,000 bond.
0: Holy shit.
1: That's (laughs) nuts. That is that is not okay. And what this
0: guy for running in the, the ocean on a wheel? To in my opinion, he didn't do anything. Grand? Wrong. No, he didn't.
1: He didn't do a he single. Thre- thing He wrong.
0: threatened to hurt himself. Yeah, and I guess blow up himself. But
1: right, he never threatened the officers. <laughs> yeah, he never threatened
0: anything. them. I guess. Okay, this has to be one of the most spot one of the most erratic reasons to threaten suicide for yourself. It's because you don't want to get out of your inflatable ocean hamster wheel.
1: That's so much walking and running. Oh
0: my gosh. This guy's insane. His
1: case is currently underway underway and he is banned from travel outside the Southern District of Florida and quote, may not go to the ocean or board a vessel on the ocean.
0: I, I kind of love this guy.
1: It's not his first try. I know. He has tried in 2014, 2016, and 2021, which all resulted essentially the same Way.
0: Apparently in twenty twenty one he was doing it to raise money for people. He said he was quote, My goal is not only to raise money for homeless people, raise money for the Coast Guard, raise money for the police department, raise money for the fire department. End quote. So he's trying to help the people that are arresting him, apparently. I don't know how he's gonna raise money.
1: He also doesn't apparently like just doesn't know the ocean. Like he's just kind of a guy, like probably like an engineering background. But he doesn't know like he could very well end up in, in, in Antarctica.
0: This guy's awesome, though.
1: I do kind of I kind
0: of love, love this guy.
1: But where does he go to the bathroom in this?
0: Thing? You mean you're on the water? Just go through the mesh.
1: But, ew.
0: <laughs> I mean, it's not, not the best situation. Ew. I mean, he, there's a hole on the side. He could probably just go right out there, I guess. I don't know.
1: But temperatures could get up to 120 degrees inside the bubble. Yeah, like, how is he... Like, inside his, like, first... Iteration of this vessel.
0: How does he plan to stay hydrated for a four thousand mile journey?
1: I'm imagining a lot not a lot of planning went into this. No.
0: I mean, he built the thing.
1: He also tried to get to New York. Which, like, where is he supposed to dock?
0: This is yeah, this guy's crazy. This guy this guy's like killdozer level crazy, except like innocently.
1: You know what? You have to give him some credit. This is very well constructed. It
0: is. It's pretty cool looking, honestly. It kind of looks like something that would be in, like, what was that movie where they all had these crazy cars? Death Race. Yeah. looks like a contraption from that.
1: The first Death Race movie, actually kind of cool. The next two or three, what? They had Jason Statham in it, right? (laughs) I know. The first one was tight.
0: I don't know if I ever actually watched the whole thing, but yeah, that movie's insane. Mm -hmm. All right. Well, I hope that Reza Bellucci, we salute you. Keep doing your thing as long as you don't hurt anyone.
1: Or yourself. Please don't drown. or Yeah, don't commit suicide because you get arrested, please. Just because you don't want to get caught by the Coast Guard again.
0: Don't n- never, never go to that option. And all of you listening, if you ever get caught in your homemade hamster wheels, also don't do that. Or just for any reason. Yeah. yeah, just don't do it. Oh, what a crazy dude. Mm-hmm. Did you see that there's a dude who just runs around boardwalks in a giant Elmo suit? He just like yells at people and his name is adam sandler that's that's the key part you that's know, very funny i don't have any other information on that story it's just funny he was in new york and i think he's in california now
1: but he's on oh my god yeah he's moving you think that he wears the, wears the suit while he drives While he
0: drives yeah it's yeah he's kind of an insane guy
1: you got any more for us i have one more quick one okay so a Vermont armed robbery suspect who police say eluded capture in the past week on a stolen bike, on foot, and a stolen sailboat was arrested Thursday.
0: So this guy is just a jack of all trades.
1: Yeah, after he was spotted in a kayak.
0: <laughs> <laughs> by sea, by land. Okay, yeah. He, he just didn't do by air. That was the only thing he did. Exactly. Have. If, he, if he pulled out a hang glider... Gone. <laughs> That'd be he's gone. Hilarious. gone forever i'll i would let him go yeah it's like in japan when people drive past past a certain uh speed there's Nah, we're not gonna go after those yeah. guys we're not, not gonna get him
1: <laughs> he's good yeah eric edson who was 52 was one of accusations of robbery and assaulting two police officers and theft of a sailboat and vehicles because, quote, because of the unusualness of Mr. Edson's various modes of flight from cars to bikes to pedal boards to sailboats to tractors, it's easy to lose sight of the fact that Mr. Edson is a dangerous person, says Burlington police chief. Burlington police responded to a man passed out in a running vehicle that matched the description of one using a robbery. When officers awoke him, he fled at a high rate of speed, assaulting both officers with the vehicle. That evening... Edson fled police on foot and then on a stolen bicycle <laughs> before stealing a sailboat on Lake Champlain, Champ Champlain.
0: I think it's Champlain.
1: Edson was intercepted by the coast guard, but after the sailboat ran, excuse me, after the sailboat ran aground at the base of Lakeside Cliffs, he fled. Vermont State Police received a tip Thursday that he was spotted in a kayak on Lamoille river in georgia vermont about 21 miles away from the original altercation
0: i just looked up what this guy looks like i was expecting him to be so much younger
1: right <laughs> he like, does not like look athletic. like a guy who's that athletic no not one bit edson landed the kayak ran away and then jumped in the river and swam to the southern shore where he was arrested by troopers and game wardens edson was taken to the hospital for evaluation of his injuries from being on the run is expected to be arraigned soon.
0: Okay, note to anyone trying to escape the police. Probably don't jump into a body of water that could be easily surrounded and monitored. <laughs> yeah, when
1: there's only two options of where to go, either back where you came or ahead, you're not doing yourself many favors. No, I, th- I wouldn't think so. Unless you're like the guy who's trying to swim across
0: Lake Michigan, yeah. and then you can Go a considerable distance into another state. Maybe that'll work. Right. <laughs> if you're just going to a small lake.
1: So if you get your hamster wheel and then try to flee <laughs> to London,
0: you're you've got your uh, hamster wheel getaway driver.
1: Exactly. Exactly. But that is the last news story that I had for y'all.
0: Man, what a wild! What people be wild and
1: people are crazy. Yeah, that has wow. never been more true.
0: Oh, I this guy I'm fine with catching, but. I, I still think, let Bellucci do his thing. Honestly, if he, he's... If he dies, he dies. Right,
1: and if it happens, you
0: know, it's kind of just his own fault. The only thing I could see being a real issue is that he's getting in the way of sea travel, but if you see a giant floating hamster wheel, just go around it.
1: The giant hamster wheel is just interrupting international commerce. <laughs>
0: Can you imagine being on one of those... Uh, those tuna ships or whatever like yeah. the wicked tuna guys yeah just seeing this guy
1: floating by you catch them in in their net yeah oh, <laughs> caught a big one it's just this man that would be content for the show that would be great
0: oh all right guys well if you guys ever find some crazy news stories and want to send them to us feel free because i love talking about this stuff maybe we'll start doing that for patreon
1: yes and if you want to send us to a certain place you can Follow us on all of our social medias on X at gems underscore history. You can find Jacob at Jacob from Wisco, myself at What Evskis. You can also find us on Instagram, YouTube, Facebook, TikTok. And that's it. (laughs) We're there. At Gems of History Podcast. Just give us a search and you'll be able to find us. So we'll be back next week. We're not going to start that
0: two-part series next week. We'll have our listener episode next week. So we'll postpone that and then you'll find out what it is later. Can't leave you
1: in suspense.
0: But yes, it's the last episode before the spooky season. And you know what that means is we need stories from you guys. Yes. So send stories preferably to our email, which is podcast at gmail.com. Send your stories there and we will read them on the air. And let us, the only things that we ask is give us as many details as you can. And if you want to be, if you want your name redacted from it, we will say it anonymously mm-hmm. for, for the story on air. So just let us know that in your story or before your story. That way, we know and can give you the proper retelling of your story. Mm-hmm. But that's all we got until next week. If you guys want to, I don't know. That's it. That's all we got. I I thought I had something else, but we're we're done. We're done. See you later. (laughs) Stay polished. Bye. (laughs)